Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 127. I'm Graham, I'm here with Luke, Richie, and Cody's coming, I think, he's running late, and uh, me and Luke are actually in the same building, it's odd, I can hear him like five seconds before we start, um, down in Tennessee, having a good time, but that's not what we're here to talk primarily about, we have Tommy Williams, who we've actually met, uh, we met him at... Roush Creek last year. He's got the the Baja Blast buggy. I think that's what you call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know you've been working, doing a little bit of work on that thing. I've been following you uh, here and there and um, and just keeping up with the with the wheeling friends. So um, we'll just, I guess we'll just jump right in. I don't know. How did you get into wheeling? Uh, shoot. Let me see. Um, like actual wheeling and wheeling, probably. Uh, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to, <laughs> maybe what the catalyst was, or you know. I think the I catalyst. Was, I think the catalyst was I was probably like at the age of like sixteen with a two door Explorer Sport, and like solid. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so I, you know, somehow I met up with a bunch of kids like locally or here in Virginia, and you know they're all talking about oh we go wheeling blah 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 you know we'll go mud and I'm like. All right, mm-hmm. and I followed them, and it was just power lines, you know. So, just yep. <laughs> you know, the illegal power line wheeling. Um, so, you ended up putting that thing on like a three inch body lift with a two inch suspension and 33s. And then mm-hmm. I got out of that, got a Subaru for a while, and then, then I got a Chevy Colorado, and you know, back into doing the illegal wheeling again, quote unquote. Um, and then again, same thing, body lift, 33s. Um, but after that, I got a four-door Jeep Wrangler, 2014. Uh, a buddy of mine invited me to go camping at this place we, that we have called the Cove Campground. And uh, it actually turned out to be like a wheeling event weekend. And we didn't pay for it. But, you know, the guy's like, are you going to wheel? I go, no, I didn't pay for wheeling. He was like, you're not going to wheel that. And at the time, I just finished putting like a two and a half inch lift on it in 34. 30- 35s i guess mm-hmm. you put them, jk and uh <laughs> i got into actually that's basically how i started wheeling the cove and then uh yeah i just wheeled that for a while and then i ended up trading it for my 250 my f250 because i got to the point where it's like you know i'm going these wheeling events and i'm like dummy you have to drive this to work the next day <laughs> yeah the classic. so i ended up trading it for my uh my 250 and then later on i you know i got a $1,500 YJ, and then it just kind of exploded in from a one-ton swap to a full-on tube chassis build that we finished up last August. So, so uh, it's kind of funny that you had a JK as well with the puck lift. I had uh, pucks, 33s, and all that stuff. I was doing XJ stuff, but I hit the point, and I traded it in on a Silverado, which I then traded in but on yeah, my that's basically That's basically it. Um, Wheeling that thing, and man, I guess meeting you guys last year at uh, Roush. Was that your shakedown? Hmm. Hello? Hello? Can you hear Hi. me? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you guys dropped out for a second there. Okay. <laughs> yep. Luke, just ask your question again. <laughs> oh. 
So was that like your shakedown run? Uh, that would be honestly the third time I had it out when I met you guys. Yeah, you came to the Web Wheelers Ball. How did you end up hearing about that? Just out of curiosity as well. Uh, I want to say it was Facebook, and then I kind of heard it through uh, Bill, who uh, who owns Hardline. I guess what's Hardline Four by Four now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill's yeah, him and dude. yeah, him and Sam. And I was talking to Sam for a while on Instagram. And uh, he was like, hey, I'm going to be up at Roush. And I was like, well, if you're coming to Roush, it's only like four hours from me, three hours from me. I was like, I'll haul up there. And, you know, because I never met him in person yet. Yep. He's a hoot. Yeah, Um, he's awesome. So you said that that thing just kind of like exploded after you got the work truck and the YJ. How did you end up going from 1500 YJ to where you're at now? (laughs) Well... So originally with the YJ, it, I put it on a Ford 8.8, 37s, a, wagon, a 1990 Wagoneer up front, 44 up front. And uh, I was just saving up, and I was like, I'm going to do a one-ton swap. So you know how it goes. You start piecing it together, buying all your parts. And I had all the moto-built parts to four-link it and back half it. And my buddy Hadley Spencer of Culpepper Customs was going to help me build it. You know, he builds tube chassis on the side, and like we're we're just tearing my YJ apart, getting ready to basically start the build. And I've been looking, and I was looking at like Fabinato one chassis, and you know, just getting looking at all the little small, you know, moon buggies and stuff. And I was like, man, I really want one of those. And I just looked at him, I was like, what if we just did a tube chassis? And he basically just looked at me and was like, well, this is now or never. He's, you know, if that's what you want, go get the tube and we'll build it. So. That's kind of how that spiraled into that. So it went from basically a moto built four length to a full on tube chassis. So, what's your axle setup and transmission, driveline, all that stuff? What What are you running now in the buggy? Uh, so right now, as far as driveline, um, I had uh, it's a Ford Ford. <laughs> it's it's the four Jeep 4.0 with the AW4, Dana 300, um, a 05 and up Super Duty axle up front, Mm. and a 14 bolt in the rear. And then when you guys met me, I actually had an M90 supercharger on there. But after a while wheeling with it, I kept having overheating issues. And so me and my buddies, we were just, me and Hadley and another guy, we were bouncing the ideas off off each other and finally was just like you're not running an intercooler you're basically dumping hot air into a hot motor and i mean i i tried different things from coolant reservoir to building a fan shroud and i just i couldn't get it to actually run cool like if i put my foot in it going uphill it was it was pagan so so yeah so since then i've pulled it off um and honestly run around the woods i think right now the hottest it gets is 209 you want to sell me the M90? Uh, yeah, if you want it. It's just sitting in my garage. All right, after the podcast, we'll talk. I need <laughs> yeah. the M90. Uh, yeah, I got to figure out how to get it to you, but yeah. Well, that's that's uh, interesting that you like to wheel Good Evening Ranch, and we're going to Good Evening Ranch in September, and everyone yeah. that comes on the podcast gets an invite to the uh, Web Wheelers Ball, so, you know. Yeah, I was, uh, I guess Graham was asking about coming there, either you or Graham, and I was 
you know, I'm thinking about going, but at the same time, I'm literally like October, what is it, October 1st, I'm leaving to go to Trail Hero. Yeah, mm. yeah, but that's like September 1st. That's a whole month. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to save up some coinage for that, for that long 24-hour <laughs> drive and fuel. All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, if not, just throw it in a box. Yeah, um, true. I mean, I'll be I'll be at the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion in Windrock again in August. Oh well, they'll just grab it from you there. Windrock's yeah. an hour from my place, or hour and a half from my place. Yeah. Um. So you had issues with it overheating with the supercharger. Um. You know, I you just said that you guys went through a bunch of stuff, but the yeah. stupid question I have to ask is. What size radiator are you running? The factory. Okay. Now, with it being a tube chassis, would it have been hard to have put in a larger radiator? Um, kinda. The way my radiator mounts is literally it's at an angle, just so I can get the hood to close. Okay. So, as far as maybe a thicker one, possibly, but it was just it was just something else i wasn't trying to dump money in and plus that thing screamed so loud in the tube chassis and it just sounded like a bad power steering pump line how did you have it mounted uh right where the uh ac compressor would have been yeah so i basically i basically made my own plate and bolted it to the plate and then used the four bolts for the ac compressor to hold it on hmm I'm just curious because there's a local guy down here that's making the plates and selling the um, supercharger conversion kits and whatnot, and they're pretty reasonable. So yeah. that's the route that I've been looking at going down pretty uh, seriously at this point um, as a means to get more power out of it. But like when I was, or how much uh, PSI were you running? I had to, it was the factory pulley. From the Thunderbird, so I want to say maybe like between five and seven psi. Pretty reasonable. And then I can't remember what you did for tuning that. So I run the Holly Terminator kit on my okay. 4.0. Now, is that just to make it so that it was simpler to install in the tube chassis or? Uh, that was because basically for tuning in mind, I, I don't know jack, jack crap about tuning. So, <laughs> you know, the whole thing about Holly's self-tuning, which in, in real reality, it's really not a self-tuning system. Um, but as far, you know, just getting some kind of engine management as opposed to trying to find like the split, what they, what they call it, the split something or other, the piggyback. Yeah, yeah, the split split back. yeah. And, you know, mine's, mine was a 92. I mean, I think the split second is only like for the newer, yeah, you know, the newer too. one, yeah. So I mean, other than that, that was basically basically the reason why I did it. Like, I mean, they have like the mega squirt and all that other stuff, but I didn't, you know, like again, I don't know much about tuning, and I ended up just getting the holly on a whim. Someone told me to just go with that. I think it, I think uh, Jason from Wide Open Design, who's a friend of Hadley's, he was over and we were talking about it and. He basically said that's all we all they use is just give it a shot. So it's been running good ever, you know, even since I took the supercharger off. But it's just it's just trying to find like, you know, the 30 to one tooth and trying to make, you know, 
the whole ignition system is totally different. It doesn't it doesn't read the Jeep stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was just kind of curious about that because um, I was looking at the the person I was talking with. His name is Logan. Pretty cool dude. Um, mm -hmm. He was talking about using HP tuners, but there's a guy down here that will come out and tune your rig, like street driving it with you. Yeah. So that's the route that I'm probably going to go down. Yeah. If I had if I had an OBD two, I'd probably go with HP tuners. Just 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 because it's OBD two and you can plug the little thing into it and you can reflash your your factory your factory PCM. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and another point he was talking about that was kind of cool is that the guy has a tune for a factory 4.0 now, uh, right mm -hmm. in that like six PSI range that he's comfortable with running 89 octane on, which yeah. is kind of useful around here where there are some gas stations where you can't get 91 or 93. Yeah. But that's a good deal. Yeah, because that was the other thing. The other option I was thinking of was was converting it over to OBD2. And then I just realized that was just too much of a headache. And, you know, trying to find the harness and find the computer and all that. I don't must be the same cost of the Holly at that point. Yeah, at that point, it's literally easier to just grab another motor complete with the harness and the computer. Yeah. And then you have a spare long block. Yeah. Yeah, um, eventually I'd like to build a stroker, but. That's further down the road. Yeah, those definitely are interesting. I know Graham's working on his um, setup, which is going to be stroked, right? Yeah, I got to call the machine shop back. It's just about done at the machine shop. Uh, no, I just got to figure out how I'm going to pay him from Tennessee, but uh, <laughs> and how I'm going to. I can coordinate to get it picked up. I just got to figure out how to pay him. But that should be all, all cleaned up. It's. Um, we're not going anything crazy. It's a four six, so it's four two crank, four two rods, four o pistons. Um, throwing a cam in it. Uh, upgraded valve springs to keep the valve float down. Um, and other than that, it's just very basic. Just keeping things simple. New bearings, new oil pump. Um, I'm gonna run. The factory computer, like I just said, I picked up a split second from Logan, the guy we were just talking about, with the with all the um, turbo or supercharger shit. Um, so I, I'll probably run that just sort of to dial it in, but I'm ninety nine percent sure it'll run just fine on the factory computer as it is. Obviously, it leaves a little on the table, but that's why I grabbed this thing. Um, and I'm hoping I can get a little bit more power out of it. Right, my thing with the with the four O's and the, the strokers and you know, it's, it's a very divisive uh, conversation for a lot of people, right? Why don't you just put an LS in? Why, why bother with the four O? And exactly. Uh, I've said it a couple times here on this podcast is, is it's about the packaging. I don't want to worry about how to fit an LS in and then change every single thing I have on the Jeep to revolve around the LS. You're right. I need an adapter for the transmission or a different transmission probably a different transmission, right? I wouldn't want to run yeah. uh, an AX-15 with 300,000 miles on it or or an AW-4 on that. At that point, you're putting something else in, and then you got to get the all the T-case adapters to make that all work. So, I mean, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot more than just putting an engine in when you're doing an LS swap on those things. So 
you know, my thinking, especially with all the tube work and shit that I just did on the front last year, and then having the motor blow up, yeah, I could put an LS in, but I'd have to redo so much, all this extra crap, and it just, I think it makes more sense to try and eke a little more power out of the, out of the 4.0 platform before I completely jump ship. It'll just be, it's a fun project, right, to sort of slap pieces together from the 4.2 and the 4.0 and make something a little different. I don't know. It appeals to me. So Yeah. I, I was... A, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was the same way. People were like, why don't you put an LS in that thing? It looks like it needs an LS. It's like, one, I don't have... I'm, I'm build, trying to build us on as much of a budget as I possibly can. Yeah. But at the same time, I love the 4.0. I know how to work on it. It's reliable to me. Mm-hmm. And and if I ever blew it, I could go you know anywhere else and pay a couple hundred bucks and get another one and drop it in. And not you know what I mean it's yeah be done with it. Again, like you said, packaging too, having to get all new transmission and transfer case because I'm pretty sure my 300 wouldn't last wouldn't last to the horsepower of a V8. No, <laughs> that I just you know and I and I had just done the four to one in it too, and I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. Uh... I don't say this with any hatred, Miguel, but uh, I had to buy parts to upgrade a 300 with a after I blew it up in 20 seconds with a factory four liter. I broke both <laughs> outputs. Oh, <laughs> like I'm good on 300s, and yeah. I completely understand not wanting to put a shit ton of horsepower through said 300 because then like. To actually get it where the case isn't the weak point, you're looking at like one of the behemoth cases or whatever, and you're more expensive than an LS, and it just becomes this huge downbound spiral. Yeah. Whereas, like realistically, I think a 300 with upgraded outputs and a four to one kit, awesome case for a four liter powered Jeep. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's just my take. Yeah. And then like talking about those cases, like I looked into it and there's Midnight Metalworks and Bohemoth. And I think mm. Midnight Metalworks was like a thousand dollars cheaper. I'm like, so if I ever break my case either, I'm going to find, you know, you buy, find another stock one that, you know, and what, hope you get another couple, you know, years out of it or something, or you go spend a little bit more money and get one that's built, bill it done, you know? Yeah. Those Midnight, Midnight Metalworks boxes are really fancy looking. They yeah, they are. Five one two, and it's really expensive, but I really yeah, want it. They, and they almost look—they <laughs> almost look like atlases in a way. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Um. So another, or like in my case, I'm in the same boat now, where I just bought a two forty one OR off of Sam. Mm-hmm. So I was, or I'm huge on the LS fanboy hype train. But at the same time, at this point, it doesn't make sense for me to have to go buy an adapter, change over everything, and like make all of that work with a Chevy transmission behind an LS compared to adding a little bit more to a cheap 4-liter. And even if I go through and buy another 4-liter, completely strip the motor down, clean it all up, rebearing it, rebushing it, all the, you know usual bore at 30 over drop the dynamic compression a little bit even then it still is far fucking cheaper than putting an ls in exactly um i don't find four liters to be a particularly great motor but it is a simple solution that fits my chassis yeah and at the same time 
Yeah, and at the same time, torque wise, I mean, not. I mean, it depends. I guess if you're trying to rock bounce it or race it, but crawling, you really don't need an LS, you know? No. And yeah, like I, with with four to one low range or a doubler or whatever the setup may be, like you have plenty of power. Uh, yeah. And or torque to the wheels to actually move around, right? It's not a. I've never had an issue in low range on it, like. My biggest issue is trying to do anything in high range with the thing is is like pulling teeth. But yeah. um, low range, I've got like I'm happy with it. It doesn't it doesn't need any more uh, yeah. than what it has, right? I think you just dial in that you know your your crawl ratio to what you want, and then then and you're pretty much set. The motor is just sort of cherry on top if you can, but you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I do want more horse ponies, but I also drive. Well, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's times where I drive mine like thinking it's an Ultra 4 car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going back to yours, what did you do for... It's all coilovers, right? Yeah, correct. I've got 14-inch uh, boxes in the front, and I had some wraith lines that I picked up used off like Facebook Marketplace, which are like, uh, I guess they're 16s in the rear. Okay. Yeah, because it seemed like it was definitely doing the thing as far as getting flexy at Roush when we were, or when I saw you wheeling the thing. Yeah, and then I actually just recently changed my spring rates out, so I'm not slamming on my bumps all the time up front. What did you go to? Uh, I want to say I went to a 150 over 200 in the front. And then the Damn. rear, I think, is like a 125 over 150. That thing does not weigh a lot. No, yeah, I, that's that's light for the front. That's really yeah. light. Yeah, because on on that too, my motor is not like over the. It's kind of over the front. Actually, no, my motor's behind that front axle. So, like where I where I sit, like my feet are right next to the engine block on the driver's side. Yep, in that thing. So, are yes. you, if it's is is the motor in the factory spot or is it? pushed around as it's far a YJ, as is it a yj it's a the is it a no, buggy a, or was it a yj i know it was a yj originally i think right yeah but, correct it was but it's it's tube chassis 100 through and through like no nothing left okay factory. so there's nothing factory it just has the body panels yeah i just have the hood and the grill <laughs> gotcha okay <laughs> so your motor is pushed back weird okay yeah, a five slot grow, which a lot of people got mad at me for, but it fits. <laughs> eh. Eh. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> um, when I do the tube work on the front of mine, I want to go to a five slot grill. Not because I want to, like, dove nose the shit out of it, but because I just want to, like, tuck it in a little bit more to make it a little easier to see up the front and. Um, I really want to chop all the unibody stuff, so I totally yeah. get going to a five slot. Yeah, as, as far as packaging went, that was in the way because, like, I mean, you've seen how flexy it gets. If it if it was, you know, all the way passenger, all the way driver, I was into the hood, or I was, I would have been into the grill. Mm -hmm. Just with those forty threes, it's just <laughs> packaging is is tight. Yep. <laughs> so. What or I wanted to ask you about the brake lines too. What were those yeah. brake lines? Because those were different. Yeah. So 
I originally started building all mine out with the on the axle side, you know, just like a regular steel brake line. Um, but of course, you know how it goes with flaring tools, and you break them, and then the flaring doesn't work, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, so what it is, it's I want to say it's PFE or whatever the, the correct terminology is, but it's basically it's basically a stainless steel brake line, but it's the ja- it's the the inside of a stainless steel brake line. Oh, the PTFE tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, PTFE. Okay. Yeah, so basic basically it's it's the inside of a stainless steel brake line, a braided brake line. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's and then it's basically uh like brass fittings. So, you know, you tighten them down the bra- the brass, you know, tightens down the line and holds it from leaking and all that. Which mm-hmm. is great because I have all the parts in my trailer, but you know, if you if you were basically to punch it, all you gotta do is, you know, cut the cut the brake out and then put a coupling a, a connector over it or whatever and it worked coupling and it works just fine oh. for a quick trail fix so you just run those you run, have those run so right, is it flexible yeah it's flexible so basically what i what i originally had done was i ran i originally had used that for the flex joints on the links because my brake lines are run down my links my upper link and the front and the rear hmm. and i had used you know a, a hard line on the link itself and then the the flexible stuff that plastic li- brake liner at the joint part of the heim so it, ha- it had flexing you know when you when you flex it out yep so that part's still there and i had issues on my front axle and i did the whole front axle with it and then the rear I, at roush that's when i popped one of them and he saw me fix it <laughs> so and is that is that stuff more expensive than just getting like that AN, uh, like the crap on Amazon you can get with it's like it, steel braided AN cable? It wasn't too bad from what I remember. I got it from Speedway Motors. Okay. Um, yeah, it's one, and one of their brake line kits that it comes with like a handful of fittings. Um, I want to say it was like under a hundred bucks for like fit, like between fifty and a hundred foot of it, maybe. But of course, I you know I bought I bought two kits at one point, and I bought some extra fittings, you know, to change over from the factory like Chevy stuff, because my rear's a Chevy, you know, the Chevy calipers, and that still has like the Chevy, the factory Chevy uh, brake line to the caliper. So you know, they did change over fittings and all that stuff for it. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, this is neat. Yeah, I'm looking at it on McMaster now. <laughs> yeah. You're going to say, Luke? Oh, I was going to ask him, like, I know that you said that uh, that was your third run out Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, Now that you've gotten some time behind the wheel on it and everything, what would you have done different? Wow. Um, Honestly, I don't know if there really much is I would do differently. I mean, I I do have my qualms about, you know, missing having a full body like you know i like going to these jeep events sometimes and you can't really like take a tube chassis like legally down the road half the time without getting pulled (laughs) over but at the same time i think that but as soon as i get out in the woods i'm like i'm glad i do not have a full body jeep you know i mean it for me right now it, it just works i mean it's it's something i've never had before you know obviously coming from a 2014 four-door JK to a leaf sprung YJ to all of a sudden like full on four link 40, 
three inch stickies and and coal overs. It's it's like a totally night and day difference where it's like I don't know I don't know what else is different. Like what else could I have done? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's uh to ask? How many runs have you I mean you've had it a year at this point. What's your what's your fuse? What's your breaking point? Have you broken anything yet? I know you mentioned it's sort of turnkey, so probably not a lot, but Yeah, uh, I mean you got something. Whether it be and those what, break lines or <laughs> Yeah, so I wanna say let's see, what have I really I never really broke anything big, knock on wood. Um Yeah, I mean I haven't rolled it yet. Um the supercharger, the overheating issue, I got that figured out. Yep. You know, minor leaks here and there on a diff cover because I smashed it in the rocks. Oh, that's normal. Mine leaks yeah, other than, oh, well, actually, no, I take that back. The one thing I did a couple months ago was the welds broke on my drive shaft. Like, I literally was on a trail, and I don't know if I had enough, we didn't have enough penetration or something on it, but I literally, like, going around the rocks, just a rock hit a, hit a crack in the weld and just, like, popped it right off. Hmm. But, yeah, other than that, like, nothing, like, crazy major yet. You know, no crazy U-joints flying out or anything like that. Now the nice. front's an but 05, right? The front, yeah, the front's out of an 05 or 06, actually. Well, it's 05 up, but it's out of an 06 F250. Okay, so I'm going to guess 1550s. Yep, I, I, did the, I did the 1550 F350 Spicer shafts, like mm -hmm. the factory shafts. And, I mean, I've heard people will say that they're supposedly chromoly. I'm not 100% sure what, you know, the rating on the steel was, but... All I did was swap out the greasable joints, and we put regular Spicer 1550 joints in it. And I mean, I've been doing front digs with it just just for giggles, you know. And front, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, a couple of front burns here and there, but yep, that's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a guy. What's his name? Jamie. Uh, I forget his last name, but super cool dude. We wheeled with him at Roush, and he would do the same thing that you're posting videos to do, and he would hop up on an obstacle, just let that... He had an LS in it. Let it yeah. bounce limiter. Was it an LS? Might I don't know what it up. was. I forget. Whatever. He would just let the thing eat on <laughs> rev limiter, and then just like casually pop it back into neutral, shift the transfer case, drop it into drive and like idle up, you know, um, crawler ridge without any kind of effort at all. It was the yeah. shit to watch. Yeah, it's just like, and now that I have like a selectable transfer case, it's it's kind of like pointlessly, I mean, you know, there's a rock and then it's like a muddy hill climb. I'm like, I don't really need to melt the front tires, but you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been riding greens all day with guys on 35s. So I need to do something exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freaking out, a little. your rear drive shaft's blown up. Yeah. Only your front spinning. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. Yeah, I was Stop. with Leah. And she, she <laughs> yeah, me, me and Leah from She Carls went out to that cove place because it's local to both of us, and mm -hmm. that's what happened. Like me and her were just going up a trail, and she's like, you know, motored on up ahead of me, and all of a sudden I'm like, I hit a rock, and I'm like, all right back up go forward you know because you, you know you act like oh i just bumped into a rock real quick let me back up real quick and then you know turn passenger a little bit and go forward well i did that and then i'm like all right all of a sudden why isn't my rear turning <laughs> and i get out and I, <laughs> I, I hear thump 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 and i'm like that's not good and i look down and i go oh son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, in situations yeah. like that, you can just disconnect the rear with your transfer case, and yeah. you can not have to change it there. You can drive on out. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's well. So like, it broke. It broke at the transfer case, and it was on the axle side. Oh, um, yeah. So it hmm. basically what yeah, I, all I did. Yeah, all I did was I just you know I pulled it off right there. Yeah, and then. She yanked me backwards, and then in front wheel drive, I was able to go down. Like, luckily, we hadn't really got into the trail much, and it was kind of uphill, so I could go, I could go down in front wheel drive. Yeah, we learned how helpless vehicles are, and uh, only front wheel drive in the woods. It's <laughs> it's very sad. Rear wheel drive's not great, but front wheel drive's just fucking pathetic. Yeah, yeah. I think that was just a grand. Thing. <laughs> I mean, it might have been, but so. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen someone struggle with front wheel drive as much as Graham. <laughs> do it for it the was, Graham, Graham. It, it, it wouldn't do it. It wouldn't climb anything. We couldn't get out of the like the basin of Good Evening Ranch in front wheel drive in my rig. Oh wow! So we kept going, and it, the hills we kept having to go up. It just they started looking worse and worse. <laughs> and of course, it's dark. It's late. Uh, so. I ended up just picking one, and it was the worst possible one I could have picked. Uh, and we ended up winching quite a bit. We had no idea where the hell we were on the map, and everybody else who was with us had continued to... I, we told them to go on without us, and then we would we would just go out an easy way, and that obviously didn't happen. They finished their trail, and then we're like, okay, where the hell's Graham and Luke? <laughs> and And we're just sitting in the woods winching. And they're driving around looking for us. Eventually, I forget if they called us or if we had signal or what the deal was, but they did eventually <laughs> find us. But we couldn't tell them where we were because we didn't have any clue where we were. And the map was... <laughs> I say it every time, but I still can't get over it. It was drawn with crayons. It was like that, <laughs> yeah. uh, It was like the Roush Creek... Um, they use Maprika. So you have your little pinpoint. But that doesn't help you when it's a, when the map's like literally drawn with crayons. <laughs> Like, there's no nuance to the trails. Like, it's just like a you're either on a line or you're not. And we yeah. weren't really on the line. <laughs> it, I used that map, Rika, last time when I was there. What, what, last, not last weekend. Yeah, it was last weekend. No, two weekends ago I was there. And I used the map trying to figure it out. But then my buddy Steve, he was like, you just have to realize, you know, if you go down, all you have to do is just find a trail that goes back up and you'll be at camp somewhere and you can look around, kind of figure out where you are. <laughs> Yeah, because it is. It's a small park, but man, I love I love it out there. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. fun spot. Yeah, I'm actually going back there the first weekend of June for the SLRC Open Class Comp. That's the X Rock thing, right? Yeah, correct. So the X Rock, those guys, that's the the pro the pro class, but they're running the SLRC, which is like the Open Amateur class which originally I guess they had stock vehicles and they had like your trail, your trail buggies kind of, you know, like what I got. Hmm. And uh, I guess from what I was reading into, they're doing away with the stock class now and just trying to get more people into it. Like, Hey, this, you know, you've done this for a year or however long they are running. It was like, okay, if you like it now, it's time for you to step up even further into the, the amateur class. But I never don't, I haven't done a comp yet and someone else was going and a couple other people. And I was like, you know what? 150 bucks, I'll give it a shot, you know. <laughs> so you're actually running that then? Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm, oh, I'm no going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in the amateur class 
Uh, so I'll be I'll be running Friday and Sunday out there. Cool. Yeah, awesome. I'll be. That's the first weekend in June. Yeah. A buddy of ours was asking me what my plan was. I'm technically heading back from Missouri that beginning of June, but he was telling me that I should stick around for that because it's supposed to be pretty cool. And now you're yeah. talking about it too. So I might have to actually consider. There is a room available for you if you need it. Where? I think you're currently in it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, but I, I have to be in from, I'm not going, I wouldn't be coming back from there because I'd take, I'd go to Missouri and then I'd scoot through, I don't know, I've got family in Pittsburgh, so worst case, I could stay there. There's no service there, though, that's the problem. See, I could make it work, I just have to be able to work uh, yeah. remotely, so I'll, I'm going to try to figure something out. I'd like to go. Yeah, so my buddy, my buddy Steve, he's actually running, Steve Milano, he's, uh, he's running the, in the pro class. Mm-hmm. With, with little charlie and big charlie and uh that's what he does man he, he he does something for like utilities and like he'll like our group will go wheeling he'll go out like on a thursday and work from there mm-hmm. like yeah so remotely so he, i know he does it he does it from good evening ranch a bunch of times so I'm, I'm sure you could if you were to stay out there you know you could get cell phone service or i don't i don't know if he uses like a wi-fi booster or, or hotspot or something but yeah i have one i have one floating around I uh I don't love working from it, but yeah. uh, I can make it work if it ha- need be. <laughs> I've worked in, I've worked in the um you know, the rest stops before. It's not fun, but it's doable. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, I'm definitely gonna see what I can swing. But yeah, I mean, let uh, me let me cool. let let me know if you do that. I mean, I, I kind of have a spotter, but I don't I don't know like hundred percent sure if it, if the schedule's gonna fit yet, but. <laughs> As far as my fees go, it honestly they said it's for immediate family and like team support team. So I mean, you know, if you okay. want, if okay. you want to help me out, you you, you could camp for free. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> I'll keep you posted on what my plan is then. Yeah, be like oh, I'm with I'm with the twin stick crawlers today, so uh, my cabin fees are covered. <laughs> What kind of what kind of support are you? I'm the beer guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an important job. <laughs> that's a great job. Shoot. <laughs> uh, other than the X Rock thing, what other trips have you going? Are you other than that? And I think the trail here thing you said. What else yep. are you? planning on going on this year um so let's like i said i'll be at smoky mountain jeep invasion and the the ride with horn that following sunday till uh, i guess wednesday is normally when we leave mm-hmm. that trail hero um lately man i've been trying to go at least once a month to do something so mm-hmm. after after the x rocks competition i gotta see and you know burning up two days of leave already in june but some guys are going to be at AOAA on the 23rd. And uh, I'm thinking about going up there for that. Um, but as far as like May and June, or we're already in May, geez, June, July, you know, yeah, I, I might go up to AOA in June, July. I haven't really decided yet. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, 
August, you know, August is when I'm going to be in Winrock. So, yep. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been trying to, I've been trying to make the most out of it since I built it because it's like, dude, I built this thing. Like, I want to use it. I can't just let it sit here and collect dust. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody. I'll get on Instagram. I'll get on Facebook. And be like, yeah. well, that's I'm, the beauty of it all. Is there's always yeah. somebody going. You just have yeah. to find the people who are going. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, choose your trips. Yep. So I, uh, I've hit the point where I'm lazy and I just go on Instagram and we'll message like three people and <laughs> eventually I'll figure out through one of those three people who's wheeling if I want to go wheeling that weekend. <laughs> yeah. And what park I'm going to. Yeah. You know, uh, make, make an Instagram story. Hey, anybody want to go to Windrock this weekend or, you know, who's going? I'm going. You want to show up or not? <laughs> yeah um or just hit up john and casey or uh, a couple of the other dudes like yeah. uh, colton hey what's going on uh we're going up to good evening or we're going out to aoa or i'm sorry aop not aoa yeah uh, and like 5313 uh now that i know logan and them better probably gonna end up wheeling with them too so i'm gonna eventually end up getting dragged out to windrock which Meh. Yeah. So, how far is Good Evening Ranch from y'all? For me and Richie, what was it? Fourteen hours. Uh, it's twelve hours from my house, fourteen from you. Oh wow! Well, when you were up in Boston. Yeah. So now it's probably roughly the same, maybe thirteen. Yeah, you're you're probably twelve, thirteen hours now. Mm -hmm. Not horrible. Not great. Seven yeah. and a half for me. Yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of lucky, I guess, like where I'm at in Virginia, because it's like for me to go to Good Evening Ranch is, you know, like I said, between four and five. And if I go to Roush, it's between three and four, you know, depending on the, the winds hauling the trailer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I've been to Windrock. I'd love to go to AOAP or AOAP. <laughs> AOP. Yeah, one of those. AO. <laughs> AO something. AO. Uh, yeah, AO. <laughs> AOP and then uh, Harlan I like to go to too but yeah. yeah there's a lot of stuff on my bucket list but for me to like do those long trips like obviously for like you guys 13 hours you know 10 hours 12 hours away that's like one of those trips to me like I have to wheel at least three days yes you know yeah I, I and you gotta account for like one day driving you know there one day driving back um i just yeah a place like that like a big place i've never been to i'd I'd love to just like sit there you know like you said take a couple days and just like, explore the place well that's that's what's uh kind of nice about the or like what we've been doing with the web wheelers ball we always schedule it so we at least get three days of wheeling in yeah um and then it lately it's looking like we're going to be doing uh two major trips per year like that where people are driving long distance um and then because they're in massachusetts and connecticut they go and do their own thing i like wheel down here whenever i get the chance with whoever i get invited with yeah um, but like yeah i get that aop is in my humble opinion um probably my favorite spot i've wheeled yeah 
I've I've just heard stories about that place for like my buddies, some of my buddies ago. If it rains the week before, I'm not going. Or if it rains two days before we're supposed to be, I'm canceling the trip. <laughs> How about rain while you're there? It's, it's yeah. looking like it's supposed to rain Friday and Saturday. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's. I just heard it's a snot fest and like you literally can't go anywhere. You know. Yeah. No, but, you can't. Um, and there's. It's not like a normal mud. It's like this clay shit. Yeah. So like you start ending or you start having to like do third gear clutch dumps to get your tires clear and like to actually get up stuff. Um so what was really funny is we did the uh what was it? We did the meet and beat last year and then we did the Labor Day or I did the Labor Day trip. And it rained the night before the Labor Day trip I went on. Like, I didn't camp because I had other stuff going on, so I was only there for the day. But it went from, like, trails that you could walk up, you know, first gear, like, let the Jeep drive itself, your second and third gear clutch dumping to get everywhere. (laughs) But the other part about the park that's pretty cool is... The green trail system is somewhat extensive, and the blue system there is fairly decent. So, like, you would have a hard time if you wanted to go bring people that are smaller, but yeah. they could go and still and have a blast. And just with how it's laid out, if you use the greens and the blues as like your highways, uh-huh. you can get to black obstacles and stay as a decent group. Yeah, places like that are awesome where, like, everybody, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, if you got a buddy that's on 35s, at least he can get to a spot. Like, that's why I like Roush. Like, everybody can ride around, and then you can get to the hard obstacle, and they can just sit and check it out and watch everybody and not have to worry about, oh, I can't make it through. Because at the top or the bottom, something, you know, you're going to come out to meet back up with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I really like there um, and Roush. Although, Roush... I wish that stuff was a little closer together. Yes. And that's how that was my experience with AOAA where, you know, I went with at the time I had gone with some guys uh, on, they were on like 35s, you know, small tire. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, we're hitting like the greens and like some minor black trails, but it's like, if you wanted to go the hardcore blacks, like they were like on the other side of the park, you know, because yeah. again, it was a majority, I guess, I guess originally it was a side by side and four wheeler trail. So, like a green to them is harder than a green to us or, or something, you know what I mean? Kind of like that. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, cause I did uh burning rock years ago, which is another park out in West Virginia, which is actually the people who own Roush bought that out. And we went there. This is a just finished my YJ on 37s when I did the 8.8 swap. And we went there it was like opening day for, they're opening it up for jeeps and stuff and literally like it's all side by side stuff and it's like downhill uphill and i'm like they're calling this a red <laughs> like this is like you know it's a steep hill going down but like it's not like sketchy you know so i i guess that there's definitely there's definitely a difference in the ratings between you know full-size vehicles and smaller vehicles like yeah four-wheeler. well roush has always had kind of some in the same vein of just weird um, labeling for their trail difficulties. It just doesn't, it seems like it's off. I don't know. Yeah. 
least for us, like we're used to like some of the New England trail difficulty ratings and then field and forest, obviously, which is like totally skews everything even more. And then you go to yeah. a place like Roush and a red's like what we would think of as a black most of the time. Uh, granted, there are still some red obstacles at Roush that are like pretty technical and difficult and they're, you know, are worthy of red, but I feel like they o- almost overuse it. Yeah. I think a lot of the parks, like on the East Coast, they're, they're not in line, mm-hmm. you know, on their rating systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it's all over the place. It's just, I think it's, it's almost like dependent on the park, right? A red trail at one park, which, you know, the harder obstacles at one park might be not that difficult compared to some of the obstacles at other parks that may have a different whole terrain set up anyways. So I guess if you're thinking of it like that, it doesn't, it makes some sense, but it's frustrating when you're looking for the hard stuff and it's like, well, this isn't even that hard or vice versa. You're, you know, somebody looking for easier stuff and it turns out to be stupid easier, harder than you're expecting because you're used to, you know, one of the, one of the properties that has uh, things kind of rated down. So yeah. Definitely can mess with you. Yep. Um, so, like, particularly the trails at Field and Forest, or I don't think their grains quite count as a grain. No. <laughs> um, I think that it would be a very good comparison to say that AOP's trail rating system and Field and Forest trail rating system are pretty close. Because the Reds at AOP are go fuck yourself, and the Reds <laughs> at um, FNF are most definitely go fuck yourself, with FNF <laughs> being a slightly harder park. Um, but like, There's some pretty gnarly stuff at AOP, though, like Little Caesars okay. from the bottom. You look at that, it's like, who even thought this was something you could do? Like, I, I, I've, I'm sure people have gotten up parts of it, but it's like, that thing is it's a wall and then there's consecutive walls after that that are like stacked next to each other you have about 10 feet five six seven feet or so between the wall edge of the previous wall and the next wall you have to climb and this is like full wheelbase of your of your long wheelbase buggy whatever the hell it may be uh and i i don't i don't know how it's i don't know how you're getting up that without winching Unless it's you, really dry. Did you guys see like the new Rainer Rocks on Flex, uh, Flex Rocks and Rollovers when they did Little Caesars? Like the recent yeah, one? They did the top part, mm-hmm. right? No. Because that, that wasn't the part that I, I haven't seen it from the from that section. I don't I don't know if I've seen that part of it. But the yeah, spot so, we were looking at must have been the very bottom and it was insane. I mean, granted what they were what they were doing was like the top half. That's that's still hard. Like I yeah. I, I know that terrain, that's nasty shit. Were you there like, for that one? I'm trying to remember. No, was it, uh, I was Sam. Sam was there, but I wasn't. Yes, but yes. From what I, from what I understand, they were talking about it was from the first one they did or the first couple of times that they filmed it and was there that it's so dug out that like it's just gotten harder. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, uh, for sure. The I mean, you watch him dig that shit out. out. It was you know. Yeah. I think Tyler Oberstein was like launching up that thing. And, like, <laughs> Yeah, good old overtime. Yeah, a little crazy. math. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're out by the cove. So, what's the deal with the cove? 
because that's a spot that we don't get to hear about a lot. Yeah, so the cove, um, there's a there's a group nearby called Big Dogs. Um, it was recently bought out by somebody else, but what they do is they they come out and they do the events. Mm-hmm. So technically, the only way you can wheel there is if you go to one of those events. Um, other than that, I've wheeled there on private runs because I know people that own that know the landowners. And, you know, obviously we're playing it, paying a significantly less amount than a big, than a, an event. Yep. But yeah, the only way you can really get there is if you go to an event or, you know, some, you know, you know, somebody that knows somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as far as wheeling goes, it's pretty decent for what's around here. You know I mean? There's some big rock trails and, you know, obviously if you get on in, uh, Instagram, probably instagram too but youtube there's a lot in like search bunny hole um yeah i've heard a lot about bunny hole yeah that's that's one of the bigger the bigger obstacles it's there um Mm. you know it's it's more it's primarily a campground yep so they make their money off camping they uh are uh, i believe it's also an arbitrarium they have a gun range and then secondly it's an off-road park yeah that sounds familiar because, like, FNF is a campground. It's not a off-road park. Yeah, yeah, it's field and forest recreation area, not a field and forest off-road park. Yeah, but it's it for us locally. It, it's a great place. Like for me, it's like an hour from. It's an hour from me. You know, I could easily do a day trip. You know, we'll go out there, we'll wheel, and we'll camp and come home the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's but, that's nice. Just being able yeah. to zip yeah, up it's or def- down and it's, back exactly and it's definitely a great that's where i did my first shakedown run like it's it's great for shakedown runs and small stuff like that if you can get out there mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense you don't want to drag it yeah eight twelve hours or however many hours just for it to blow up and be someone dumb <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah like if you did a private like doing a private run out there i think they limit you to like how many rigs you can bring with you, um, like I don't, I don't really have the connect. I don't really have the connection with the landowners, but I'd have to, let, you know, I mean, I have connection with people that know them. Mm-hmm. So I, so I usually I get invited out because you know they're already going. <laughs> yeah. How big is the park? Is it? I, man, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure to be honest. But I mean, like, if you had to compare it to like Roush or. Good evening, or um, it's bigger than good. Else. It's bigger. It's bigger than Good Evening. Okay. Yeah, it's probably it's probably up there with Roush, in a sense, like the north the north property, not the mm-hmm. not the one across the road. Yeah. Um, there's actually on Maprika, I think it's Maprika or Maplets. I mean, it's not a GPS map, but it, to get you to get an idea, there is a there is a trail map on there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That one's always across. Cross my mind. Everybody always talks about it. Yeah, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, the, you'll you'll spend some money on the events, mm-hmm. and it's mandatory. But if you've never been there, so it's mandatory guides. Like you have to have a mandatory guide. Like when you go to their events. So mm-hmm. for somebody who's never been there before, it's great for that. But you know, for people like us that are locals, that all we want to do is just go ride with our buddies. It's kind of like, you know, I go to Roush for that price. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Makes a ton of sense. So, 
Out of all the places that you've been to, though, now, what's your favorite? My favorite? Yeah. I, I still want to, I still think it's, it's probably a close tie between Good Evening Ranch and Winrock. All right. I mean, I mean it's for the, the bet that what I like about Good Evening Ranch is it's so small that I don't spend all, you know, you don't spend all day driving trail to trail. Like you get off one, you're immediately on a trail. Like you could do the whole park in a weekend or heck you could do the whole park in a day. Mm. But even then it's still fun. Even if you've hit the same trail three times. Yeah. We, sorry. I was going to say, that's kind of cool to hear because especially because those are like two totally different properties. Like there's almost no similarity with the sizing to having to run like the trails in between or even the roads, if you call it at Windrock. So it's yeah. kind of cool that I mean, is it, do you like Windrock for the availability of trails? Is that like why it even has a standing next to uh, Good Evening Ranch? I I just it's for me. I, I I like to camp first. Well, wheeling first, camping second, whatever. But the amenities there for me to stay in the campground. Um, the sites, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could say the amount of trails that are at Windrock because I did I did uh, Walden's Ridge. Um, Again, it's mainly the views, you know, sightseeing views and all that stuff. You're still driving distances, but the trails are good. Oh, yeah. If that I mean, it makes sense, I'm like rambling yeah. and talking in circles, but no, uh, yeah. So. so, like, the one, to, yeah, because I've only been to Windrock like once. Good Name Ranch, I've been to twice. Um, but again, Windrock, yeah, right, it's huge, but the stuff that's there that, I have seen, you know, makes it legit, like a legit park as far as the obstacles and stuff like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, good evening. Smaller. Yes. Personally, it, it's at that size where it's big enough, where if you're going at a leisurely pace in two days, you can hit almost everything hard there that mm-hmm. the rig is pos- or capable of doing. But then when you want to go on a night ride, it's not bad to do night rides there at all because you can just kind of like go and meander through. And if you decide that you're, or the group decides it's done, you're back at the campground in a half hour. Yeah. And you could, you could really just ride the loop, the green loop. And it's just as fun. Cause that's what we did. Yeah. We didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a leisurely ride, you know, you're not yeah, like, you're just looking to have some fun and uh, yeah, scoot around and not break different your shit. definitions of leisure here. <laughs> yeah, we were we were wheeling, and uh, our buddy Bobby shows up, and he has the Toyota rig. And this guy, props to him because we were like, hey, we're going to Good Evening Ranch, and he worked on his Toyota on like at night, left and right, you know for like three, three weeks straight. And he comes out, he gets there like Friday night at like 10 o'clock. We're like, all right, Bobby's here. Let's just do a quick night run real quick. And Hadley's just leading us down all the greens. And we just take this one black trail. And all of a sudden he's behind me. And I just hear, it won't go. Like what? And somehow he hit his front axle into a rock and it broke the back tail shaft off of his transmission. Within 45 minutes of wheeling. No, that sucks. And I'm kicking myself because I I got a 360 camera 
you know, to help with my YouTube videos and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, obviously trying to get out and film everybody, but I didn't film this. And I literally had to yank him out of the trail. And uh, my buddy Hadley was laughing. He's like, all right, there's, there's the exit. Like, you know, obviously the trail banked off to the right a little bit, but the, the, the offshoot straight ahead was the bypass. And he's like, that probably looks easier. Like yank him up the bypass, man. <laughs> I get And I feel that I was like, one, you ready? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. And I felt that rope hit and I freaking gunned it. I hit second gear and Hadley looks over at me and he goes, he goes, I heard you hammer on it, bounce off Rimler. He goes, then you hit second gear. He's like, my man, like you really <laughs> just hit second gear right now. <laughs> and needless to say, I couldn't even get him up the bypass. So literally I had to, I had to back down and take, and take the right. And I'm just hammering it, bouncing off the red limber, going up this little like rocky <laughs> trail. And he's just like, he gets stuck and I'd back up and I hit it once and I feel the rope not move. I back up again and I drop it in first and I stomp it. And I'm just, the whole time you're just hearing freaking 4.0 Revlin. We're just bah, 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 <laughs> like all the way. And I'm laughing because I get him up there and they're all, you know, my buddy Hadley, Hadley comes over and he's like, dude, you just got him through that. Like, I was like, shit, I forgot to record it. I look at my motor. I'm only at 209 and my transmission's only at like 140. I'm like, how the hell did I not blow this thing up because I was bouncing off the limiter? Uh. Yeah. Going up, again, like you were saying earlier, it's all uphill outwards. So you've got to drag yeah. a, a busted rig that doesn't can't drive by itself up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And it it just was just funny us. because I'm I'm hauling back I'm hauling back to camp, and all of a sudden I hear. <laughs> I'm like, I stopped and I turned back around. And he was like, go slow. This thing's about to come apart. <laughs> and my buddy Jeff was in the passenger seat and he had a video of him filming. He's like, I'm with Bobby Swords right now. And he's like, Bobby, what happened? And you just hear the back on. Clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> like, I lost my drive shaft. And you look down, you just you just see the transfer, the, the output shaft, the not the output shaft, but the tail housing just spinning around the front of the transfer case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, i'm excited for jeez boys that was an awkward pause uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited for good evening ranch i think it's gonna be a really good time i feel like anybody we've spoken to about that place i haven't really heard a negative genuinely other yeah. than those small one right there where it's like oh if it breaks you gotta pull it uphill like that's the only that's how, thing it's I've an heard. adventure it's fun yeah, like, you that's... need somebody you get to play you know Big elephant, little elephant, and drag yeah. him up. <laughs> yeah, I did it for Graham once. I'm sure Graham's going to do it for me on the next trip. It's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Or, to add real insult to injury, I'll have Cody do it. Yes, there we go. Well, no, I well to make it really an insult injury, I have to make it up that obstacle, and then it's a really like stab in the back, which I'm <laughs> I'm so happy to try because otherwise, then we both look like idiots when we're both broken on the side of that obstacle, which is fine by me so well it's better to be an idiot with company than an idiot by yourself <laughs> exactly because then everybody else is staring at you where you know otherwise you just lay in the misery together and it's fine yeah, it's like, <laughs> it'd be particularly or, you know funny. maybe it's not you right if multiple people are broken maybe oh, you're cool. not you know it's you're not at fault right it's the obstacles fault clearly <laughs> 
I mean, I'm going to blame the obstacle anyways. So <laughs> regardless of how many of us are broken, like yeah, I mean, couldn't possibly be the driver or the rig. Like, no, just be like, ah, oh, Graham's big old 10, five move this big old rock. And now I'm all fucked up. Like, it's just <laughs> that easy. <laughs> hey, speaking of Tommy, did you see that uh, video that we threw up on the page? No, uh, it was a story. Oh, the, um, the bottom of Graham's diff is now so smooth. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah I it's saw that like, one. Dude, you could, it's... like, a little bit of sandpaper on there and, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you, can't even, you can't even see the joint of the cover. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, clearly, I haven't changed the fluid in a minute. I haven't looked at that that closely. We were just sitting around my Jeep drinking a couple beers, and <laughs> we crawl under it for one reason or another. And Luke's looking at the bottom. And the way you look, the way it's angled, you never see that part of it. I didn't realize how, like, s smooth it was. So we were just having a good laugh about how how smooth and uh, uh, shaved the thing's gotten over the years. It didn't, it used to actually be a full cover. There's no bolts left. <laughs> the bolts are Wait, gone. hold on, I gotta check this now, because there's no bolts on it? I saw that picture. No, the bolts are there, they're just half-worn away. You can't, oh you can't take them out. <laughs> oh, you have to take them off with vice cramps. <laughs> Jesus. So have we uh, have we dug into a little bit about what's going on with Luke's Jeep, if it's going to make it or not? It's not going to make it. Oh, it's very man. close to making it, but the hour and a half trailer ride to go grab it, um, bring it to the meet and beat, bring it back, and losing the time of Sam working on it because he's not going to the meet and beat, it's... Oh, it's whack. I'd rather have it together um, and try and pick it up next weekend and be able to like go hit like maybe AOP or 5313 for a day to get an actual shakedown on the fully put together rig than have it for the meet and beat and like, you know. I mean, I understand that. Are you he planning on just doesn't want to go up and down Sam's hill that he lives on? Because, I mean, it's it's like a solid eight miles, half an hour of uphill when you're going there and then downhill, like winding downhills uh, when you're leaving. It's just his driveway is an hour or half an hour long. Not his driveway, but it, you're, oh, in like, oh, you're like Tennessee oh. country bumpkin land. There's like nothing except for roads with no shoulders and like cracking concrete off the edge. And, uh, you know, really winding too. Lots of chives. Instead of grass, there's a lot of chives, which is super weird. Oh, mm. I didn't. I haven't paid attention to the grass when close you're, enough, clearly. But when you're going on the road, if it smells like onions, just know that's not grass. That's chives. Yeah. Gotcha. I it's haven't weird. smelled any onions yet, so uh, maybe it's just my armpits that day. Work. I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I no, by the way, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty to, well drive. To everybody, I do apologize that I was late. I'm a piece of shit, and I'm sorry. That's fine. You scooted right on in. There was Perfect. No, uh, you just sort of you assimilated well. All right. Well, my I might phone, as well hit him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My bad. I say my phone screen was dark. I was like, what new voice is this? <laughs> <laughs> the fat guy in a little coat. That's who it is. <laughs> but uh, I might as well ask you my question since I'm a piece of shit came in late and probably don't even know if the answer has been said. But um, for I'm assuming your rig's not on DOT tires or is it? It is on 43 stickies. 
Perfect. So back in the day when you were running a vehicle, it might not have been this rig. Um, what was your favorite not or DOT to run, like non-sticky? And what is, in your preference, the absolute fucking worst that you would tell somebody that you'd rather them burn their Jeep than see it on our vehicle than on those wheels or tires? Pardon me. Uh, so my 37s on my YJ, before I chopped up, made a buggy. I had the pit bulls, the DOT pit bulls. And mm-hmm. I didn't, everybody talk crap on them. But I never had an issue. Like, I was at Roush, and, you know, I was doing, like, little hill climbs and stuff, but they just seemed to grip. Like, I didn't have an – like I said, I never had an issue with them. They seem, they seem to be pretty good. Now, obviously, night and day with stickies, you know, first time ever yeah. running stickies, it's just like, oh, I heat these up, and I just go everywhere. It's <laughs> a good um, answer. Yeah, but as, as far as, like, a crappy tire – um. I don't want to be the guy that says mile stars because I don't really have much of an experience with them either. I mean, um, you're more than welcome to. We're like four people away from them signing a, uh, oh shit, what's that called? Where they sue defamation lawsuit? No, defamation because we're talking shit about them so much. So no, I mean, no, no, no. They can't because it's an opinion. You are allowed to hold an opinion that something is shit. And this yeah, but we have an audience. Opinion. Yeah. They can't because that, it's true. Yeah, an audience of like, Two, Ryan and Sean. It's three, actually. It's Ryan, (laughs) Sean, and then... um, Oh, my God. Okay, so there's like five. Yeah, maybe a town. About (laughs) ten. Maybe ten. Man, we're so There's more people sitting in this podcast right now than there are who (laughs) listen. (laughs) Uh, But no, like, I did actually look into that because it's an opinion. It does not fall under defamation, and... I had a bad experience, so I'm allowed to hold said bad opinion. Y'all <laughs> me have a bad experience repetitively. It, I do no the same about, about Graham. This guy stinks. He's yep. mean. He has a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty easy going. I haven't had any problems yet. Does it take a couple weeks? Takes a few. You gotta, you gotta, it's one of those days where he's eaten too much. You see, the, the thing is with Graham is you gotta starve him out and then he becomes a nice guy. It's like when he's gotten dominoes too many days in that week, it's just, yeah, he starts becoming angry like a little elf. <laughs> I don't see how that happens. Um, I will continue to update though because Morgan has been feeding him every day. <laughs> um, yeah, we're eating good down here. Way better than I eat at home, that's for sure. What are you talking about? Five guys in Jersey Mike's doesn't do it for you? Yeah. <laughs> Every night with Marvell, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Or the pizza shop down the street. Oh, that place is bomb. I can't I yeah. can eat that all day. The case of okay. Sorry, we... go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, Tommy, I know this is a derailment, and I feel bad a little bit. But, no, you're good. Um, the pizza down here absolutely fucking sucks compared to New England. I have to take Graham to the good place so he can experience what good southern pizza compared to average New England pizza is. <laughs> All right, that that's the end of my tangent. <laughs> um, yeah, so why did you go with the 43SXs? I meant to ask this earlier, and I suppose after his question, it seems like a fairly fitting point. Well, well, to be honest, that's what all my buddies have. I mean, I everybody around here, and you know, from what they've told me and speaking from them and experience, if you're going to wheel in the southeast, you, you know, 
as much as I like BFGs, the Super Swampers where it's at. As far as clearing the mud and getting up the the gunky ass trails. I will say this. I am super fucking excited that Interco is re-releasing the IROC, but they're using the 43SX sticky compound. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think I'm I about that. You know what? I think I think I did see that. I really want to try a set of 40-inch sticky IROCs just to... Because I feel like they would work super well for the area that we're in. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're enough of a dig tire that it'll help in the slop, but they've got the vertical bars down the center to help keep it so it's not like a bogger. It's kind of like a weird bastard between the two. Yeah. Uh, I think that I could really break a bunch of expensive Dana 60 parts. <laughs> that might be an experiment you have to do. Uh, that might be, but like right yeah. now I'm, I'm recovering from, I'm not going to go too far into what's getting done. Cause I want to let Sam tell that when he comes on. Yeah. Uh, coming back. He's coming back. Let's go. I bullied him <laughs> into it. Hell yeah. Uh, Mustache rides for everyone. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. <laughs> um, but essentially, we're doing four to one, and we're fixing all the uh, the just years of abuse that my rig has seen underneath, and the crackings and the other yeah. problems. Um, the unibody issues. Yeah, my cross member tried to remove itself from the unibody by removing the unibody from the unibody, <laughs> uh, and taking the stiffener with it. That would explain why I've only seen it a handful of times where dudes actually take an XJ, and literally put it on like a square frame. Yeah. Um, it makes total sense to me to do that. Um, I'm not... I'm going to just kind of leave some of that stuff alone, but in the future, my plan is I'm going to cut it off at the firewall if I end up keeping it and not going buggy. It's going to get cut at the firewall and cut at the rear link mounts. And everything else is coming out and then i'm going to cut the floor in the area of like those two mounts and i'm going to run a square tube through there you go so it should it'll still have the problem essentially right of being unibody in that area but hopefully that area will be well supported enough by the tube work by the uh the two by six rockers and then tying in the tube and cutting like take a um, pole saw go through the unibody and weld the tube in to the stiffener through that mm -hmm. so yeah that'll hopefully be the long-term fix for the unibody problems no such thing every <laughs> well, unibody fixes a short-term fix <laughs> if there's no unibody left, it's hard to have a unibody problem. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll think, find a way, don't get me wrong. I think you're just prolonging the trash can that wants to die. Oh, I mean, it's, that's, that's just the what you do with unibodies, is it's prolonging its death. I'm going to get a sticker of the do not resuscitate card and stick it on your shitbox. So that way you just know, like when it's done, say your say your piece and let it be. Because uh, 
I, th- I mean, I don't know. I think like once those things go through such hard rollovers, like you really do have to just sit down and go, okay, what's the plan? Do I fix this and go the route of like Jace or go the route of uh, Curtis and just fuck it up or even Greenleaf, you know, any of those guys that we know with full size, ridiculous XJs. Um, just like a decision you got to make of like, is this even fucking worth it at this point? And hopefully, I hope that yours never comes to that point, but it sucks. No, the only that, that thing was, that I'll they have say, a shelf life. They do have a shelf life. You can prolong it. The reason that I'm willing to consider that is it can be done in phases too. Like I can do the rear, and then I can do the front. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be done like, you know, instantly. Right? It can be worked through essentially, um, unless there is a catastrophic rollover event where like the nose is absolutely crushed, the cage is fucked, and everything is fucked. And then at that point, it's like, all right, fuck it, I'll go build a buggy. But yeah. I do but- still want to do a buggy, just it's going on the back burner till after the house. Um, I think I owe Morgan that. Gross. Imagine being responsible. <laughs> couldn't be couldn't be me. <laughs> you can't be living in a single wide and have a twenty five grand buggy sitting out back. Absolutely no. you, you can. can. What are you talking about? That's like Dude. half the houses down here. You drive by it's like little shanty, nice cars. Little shanty, yeah. nice truck. <laughs> like, their priorities have are are very clear. <laughs> I mean, what you, have, house? you can have the little shanty, but you better have a big shop behind it. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> See, didn't you learn, Luke, from the last episode? Weren't you there? If you just buy nice enough seats, they can do anything you fucking need. You need sleep? Well, buy a nice enough seat that you can sleep in it. (laughs) Making that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yes, uh, PRPs are good, but Corbu, Master Race, Fat Boys, like, the only thing they don't do is massage your balls. That's what the passenger's for. Even if it's a dude, sometimes they gotta bite the bullet and just, you know, make it happen. Gotta keep that driver comfy. No AC, get a motherfucking fan and start fanning. Gas, gas, grass, or ass, no one rides for free. Exactly. (laughs) So, Tommy, is this a good point to uh, bully you to go and load the Jeep into a trailer right now and um, start heading to the meet and beat? Because, considering my buggy lives in the trailer. Oh, perfect. So all you got to do is hook the truck up and get motoring. I'll see you in like 12 hours, bud. (laughs) Yeah, bud. (laughs) Let me just call out work. Hell yeah. That's what I did. Not joking either. I took Friday, or I called out for Friday already. It's great. (laughs) Well, see, that's the funny thing is people had asked me if I was going to go, and it was on my radar, but then I'm like, well, it's my sister's birthday, probably doing family shit. And before it was too late, it was like, oh, no, we're not doing anything for her birthday. I'm like, well, thanks. <laughs> Good to go on. This is why I just don't keep track of siblings' birthdays, because, <laughs> you know, I don't, then it's not my fault. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on, um, what the fuck? Sorry, my my mind just went blank. It was a long night last night. Um, I'm only going for Friday because I'm working Saturday and Sunday um, just to save on some of the vacation time because I work weekends on a rotating schedule. Yeah. Um, but I'm going out to the Great American Wall with Graham 
uh, at the end of May. So that's going to be a party. Is it the Great American Crawl? The Great American Walt. Oh, Walt. Oh. <laughs> Oh, is that the Waltz Crawlers thing? Yeah, Aaron yeah. Yep. it's that meme page. Those okay. meme page guys. Yeah, Aaron Oxman, funny as hell. I mean, what's no. what's what's the guy named Don? Don? Yeah, Daddy doing. Yeah, doing. Doan, doing. Where's yeah, that? Uh, S'more in Missouri. Yep. Interesting. Uh, never been there. Never Neither been to Missouri. I. It's going to be interesting. The real. We're going to see if they uh, grow corn there. I'm sure <laughs> they do. I would well, imagine so. <laughs> well, the uh, next the next question would be, where are y'all wheeling in July? In July. Uh, July Vermont. would be Badlands for us. Yeah, Vermont. Um, I'm working on something with Trail Trash to try and go uh, around my birthday weekend to either Choco, Morris, or um, AOP. I mean, because I'd like to go to AOP or Choco. Keep yeah, me informed. Right. I will definitely keep you informed on that. Um, and there isn't it this weekend? My birthday? No, when you're going to AOP. I'm going to AOP this weekend, but yeah, that's not July. Yeah, I know, but we're talking about ir- irresponsible things. You know, we're talking about doing fun stuff, and like, I can't imagine anything more fun than trying to bully him into coming and making a bad choice this weekend. Oh, you stepped oh. away literally as I started doing that. Oh, I'm so oh. sorry. I'm sorry. I, my, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my, it's funny as fuck. My days are crazy. I just got my food, so like, my brain still is running around like a madman. I do apologize. Yeah, we just grabbed a uh, really good Mexican before we sat down on oh. the podcast. You should have waited so you can Mexican out on Friday, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting enchiladas at work, dude. I am stoked. But sorry, this isn't a food podcast. I do apologize. Uh, no, a little bit of food is definitely on my mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I will keep you in the loop for that. I'm trying for either Choco or AOP is the main ones. But if we end up at Morris, we end up at Morris. I'm not going to complain about going to Morris Mountain. Um, yeah. But I will definitely let you know. And I'm really hoping, honestly, for Choco because I want to go and like actually get to explore that place. Yeah, I've seen footage of the boat ramp and I'm like, I want to go do that trail. Yes, sir. Um. And then, depending on how the conversation after the podcast goes, I really hope that like I can get a break between July and September to get that thing installed and tuned. Not allowed. <laughs> no brakes, all gas. Okay. No superchargers. <laughs> okay. I was just going to cut a hole in the hood, too, so it's going to be great. <laughs> Mad Max style. Yes, sir. And well, then you got to have your... So Morgan would have to then what spit the nitrous out of her like what was that in Mad Max where they're like spitting the juice into the fucking blower to go faster? That'd be sick. I don't remember if that was nitrous or not. Well, yeah, well, I don't know, some form of liquid. The... Okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're just methanol. The... <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Now that you also got me thinking because it's like, man, if you were having engine temperature problems, I might want to consider looking at some water math. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was that was something else someone told me to think about, but you'd have to almost do that like I guess with that one, the I, I don't know, I don't really see any of the coating left on the rotors, but a lot of people are saying like if you ran it through the rotors on those, it like takes supposedly takes the coating off the rotors. Huh. Uh, um I was I was looking at or in my mind I was gonna do it in the boost tube. Yeah. Spray I have it. a better idea. A better idea is so you drain your windshield washer fluid. Okay, hear me out. You put the mix <laughs> in there. Knows. Yes, even that. Maybe it'll add a little bit of cooling. I don't know. I'm no engineer. So that, but then instead of routing the line up into the hood, just right into the intake, like a wet shot. It'll be it'll be perfect. Oh, like um, like as it's starting to pull, or how would that have to work? Figure out a way to do it so it'd be like uh. As it comes into boost, it pressurizes the tank. Yes. Some. Yes. yes. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, man, this is getting good now. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, oh, I know what I'll do. Uh, I've got that stupid barb that I'd have to take out and plug. Right. Mm -hmm. For um, whatever. I think it was an EVAP thing or something. I don't know. That shit's all disabled on my Jeep anyway. Uh, instead of pulling that out, run the barb right into the top of the tank pressurize it and then you know just wet shot it straight into or back into the intake the only thing is you'd have to do a one-way check valve though because you wouldn't want because once it goes down then the boost would have to get exponentially larger to then make it you know the same consistency so you'd have oh, to do like sure. a one-way check valve but i don't even know if that works for air i think that only works for liquids i don't know it works for air does it oh we can make this happen oh yeah um, or I could just buy like the spray kit. No, 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 throttle body. No, no, yeah. no. We, we, come on, that's too simple and realistic. We can't be having that around here. You're already doing like a Pontiac turbocharger, whatever supercharger, anyways. So, yeah. Uh, well, fucking Logan and now him have twisted my arm into it. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> would be cool. Oh, dude, yeah, like wait. Holy shit, you're going to steal my thing from me, Luke. If you do water meth, then you can literally nickname it your whiny little bitch on meth. Holy I shit. I going to do that. <laughs> I was going to do that. No, you got to do it, man. You got to do it. That's too good. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll put the sticker on the fucking intake tube. Uh, <laughs> God, that's so good. He ain't little, though. There ain't nothing okay. about that rig that's little except for the horsepower number. <laughs> uh, so, what's your rig end up coming in at tommy for weight i never put on scales so when i when i did the coal when i redid my spring rates i did the adam woodley version like i watched his video where he, you know you take a spring the known the known weight mm -hmm. then you take you know you take a measurement of how much it collapses then you do the math um the, the, for my number, as far as the one of those front corners, I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you. I might be between four and five k, maybe. Goddamn. Okay. It's uh, realistic, my, though. My fat ass Jeep is sitting at fifty two. No driver. Grams. I'm gonna put it fifty six. No driver. It's fat. <laughs> it do be fat. Yep. <laughs> I put mine right around 4K with drive. Actually, I'd probably say 12K with driver. I am a big boy. 
12 game. <laughs> 4K, no, 12. <laughs> We're not talking about how much you paid for it. <laughs> I only paid 500 bucks for that fucker. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. I had to throw that in there. Eh. It fits. So, it does seem like we're starting to kind of taper off a little bit. Um, anyone got anything else they want to throw out there? Uh, no, I just wanted to apologize to you, Tommy, saying I, I am sorry that I was late, man. I, I wish I could have been here. It seems like it would have been a great conversation. So, my apologies to you. No, dude, you're awesome. It's, it's all good. No worries. But, uh, so, shameless plug, if you're, if you're going to go oh. to Good Evening Ranch. Sorry. And, uh, you're, go ahead. Go ahead. What is Twin Stick Crawlers? Okay, so Twin Stick Crawlers is kind of like, I don't know, my brand, my YouTube channel I came up with. Um, so, like, I, I, I came up with it, look, like, last August. So, literally, when you met me, it was, like, I, it was kind of just an idea that I had, and I just kind of ran with it, ever, you know, since then. So, I've been doing, I've been trying to do a video one video a month on my youtube channel which i was getting ready to say is i just did one on good evening ranch um just you know riding so years ago a while back when i had my four-door wrangler i started i met some people at like cars and coffee and i started a quote-unquote jeep club um mm -hmm. called no nomad jeepers and uh obviously like any any car club or group like that uh drama ensues mm -hmm. uh so anyway at that point that's when i had traded my four-door in for my tow rig daily and uh right as i was you know i was gone away i quit doing the events and stuff like that and i kind of i kind of watched a group in the background but in the end excuse me it was just i just started seeing all this drama and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm done with Jeep clubs. I'm not trying to run anything. Like one of these days, I just want to do something for me. And it's just just me. So I went I went to Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion with my buddy George. And I'm just talking to George, like, man, I, I want to do something. Like I just I want to be able to make videos or, you know, give back to the industry, the community that I love so much by either, you know, sharing my experiences of off-road you know, or, you know, helping somebody with a how-to video, which I suck at making how-to videos. So mainly I'm doing off-roading videos, but, <laughs> you know, I just, just to share my experiences and give back to people, you know, through like, you know, comments and Instagram and stuff like that. It's just, you know, just my way of giving back to the community. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it was born was just, I was like, man, I, I just want to do something. So that's that's my way of like my Jeep club without the drama because it's just myself that I have to worry about. Yeah, it's it's a bad time when you're having drama with yourself. Uh, <laughs> that's when I just start drinking more. <laughs> it does go away when you do that. Uh, yeah. But I've been working on some merch. Like I've got uh, I got some hats still left, and then I've got some stickers. But I'm waiting on some more stickers to get you know, order process and all that, but I've got like a, my Shopify and stuff like that. If anybody wanted something, but we, um, and where can we find you? Okay. So you can find me twin stick crawlers on YouTube or twin stick crawlers on Instagram, which is the twin stick crawlers one or my personal Instagram, which I've been trying to like, 
weed out to what I post to what one, but I'm five slot hooligan on Instagram as well, which obviously five slots in my grill on my Baja blast, you know, obviously five slot hooligan. Um, so yeah, that's, and then my Shopify is just twin stick crawlers dot my Shopify.com. Like I said, right now I just have some hats and some stickers, but that's kind of like, I'm not trying to make a whole bunch of money out of it. You know, whatever I sell goes back into me buying more, buying more product. So on that note, don't let it run too hot and keep it locked in and in four low.